It didn't go live. Now we're live. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Well, welcome in to Inside the Game Conscious <laughs> Show, everybody. Oh, my God. So we did all that talking? I, it, it, was, it said it went live, and then... It, we weren't live, and then I was, and we're, you know, we're so delayed in the chat box that hell. Oh <laughs> we, man, we've been doing a show for our for the turtle. We've been doing a show for the turtle. Lizzie the turtle got a Lizzie really good turtle. opening. <laughs> Has My been goodness. talked to about. Fortunately, My it wasn't goodness. anything super epic, but holy, no. holy. oh wow, <laughs> yeah, we Sonder, we've been sitting here doing a show. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, we went a commercial break. I was almost. I would imagine. Back. I had to use the restroom. <laughs> I would imagine that. Uh, or, I, I would imagine we recorded part of that. I would guess. I don't know. I would. I don't assume. know. I, hell, who knows? <laughs> uh, Clint says JC's hair is the reason for the tardiness. Uh, Mel, Jim's been sitting here doing a chat. They've y- y'all. Have, good job, you guys. Have been, yeah, like, y'all really have yourselves. just been hanging around. Chatting. My this is goodness! Awesome. So, anyway, <laughs> welcome into Inside the Game Gosh Show. I was about to go to another break, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do about ten minutes so we can get in here. Um, Lance says the lattes get us all every now and then. I was like, wow! Oh my goodness! The clown posse today is the clown posse. Uh, man, this is, <laughs> Jamie Bradford needs to come save us. No, I got a text from Jamie. He was like, "Is everybody okay?" And I was like, "I didn't know what that meant." Broadcasting and yeah, so so we're good. We're good on that. Yes, Jamie, everybody's okay. Sorry about that. You guys have to talk. uh, Joel, uh, realistic Joel chimes in. He's like, I hear Lamont Paris joined the Steve Newton fan club on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, that was like I said. Uh, I, I do think the refs were terrible. I think the refs have been terrible in college basketball in general for a long time. Um, I, uh, you know, have friends at Tennessee that were just raving, uh, raging about the refs in that game, and, and they beat Texas by double digits. Um, so it's it's everywhere. Uh, but I also think that the Gamecocks simply weren't good enough to win the game. Uh, that was at the the bottom line. Uh, tough loss, but. In crunch time, you know, you make mistakes. Uh, you, you can't lose the ball on a breakaway layup uh, to win the game uh, and all that good stuff. So, um, all that good stuff. Bruin Nation says, y'all been on this whole time. Yeah, well, we started about uh, 11, 12. Yeah, we got going 11, about 11, Yeah. 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 Just I mean, we here. were late. We, we were supposed to be late because I, I had a phone call I had to take. I've been playing phone tag yeah, right. with somebody yeah. that I needed to kind of get up on. But uh, uh, get up, get up with, and uh, it was just a, it was one of those things. I was like, well, we can start about five minutes late today, and then it got to ten, and then I was like, and then we started, but we didn't hit live. So or, or yeah, we hit, or we hit live, and then it went off. So yeah, it usually just spins around and then goes live, but apparently it just spun around today and decided it wasn't going to go live. That- <laughs> That happens, man. Like that spin thing happens too, or the podcast version of it. Cause it'll sometimes I'll sit there and hit the button and I don't realize it's stuck. Uh, and that's why sometimes you, you get there. Um, 
Dawson says, not going to lie, that's hilarious. I want to see the reaction clip when you realize it wasn't recording. I, I saw Phil, and Phil was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. So we got that there. Um, you know, Hayne mentions uh, it was interesting to hear Derek and Casey get frustrated as the game got away. I mean, it's got to be frustrating to watch that. I mean, yeah. it's got to be frustrating when you, you have a rare chance at a conference win and one on the road against a school that you, you really want to beat in every sport, Georgia. You know, I mean, I don't think there's a big basketball rivalry between the two schools, but uh, in men's especially. But uh, you uh, you always want to beat them. You beat them 12 times in a row. You're going for 13. That's a nice streak, you know. Uh, you would have added a win over Georgia to win over Clemson, and those are two schools you kind of always want to beat. You always want to win at Rupp. And, you know, see, so you, have, you have things. You know, during a season like this, you're just looking to have something in your hand. You know, like a little precious gemstone or something. Oh, oh, it's, this is my precious gemstones. I don't have very many. I'm not, but I'm not very well off. I just have a couple of precious little gemstones right here, you know. I don't know where that came from, but uh, you, you need those. And that would have been a nice little precious gemstone. We'd be Georgia. We'd be Clemson. We'd be Kentucky. You know, you're looking for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's a tough loss. But, you know, I don't know that anybody was distraught about it. There's really nothing at stake, you know, <laughs> as far as the tournament or anything goes. I mean, um, but the refs were bad. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it, and the refs are bad throughout college basketball. So that's something that everybody's just going to have to deal with. Uh, I do think whoever, NCAA, the conferences, whoever's in charge of it, I mean, I, I think there needs to be a mandate that they need to start calling games uh, officiating-wise because if you look, conference play uh, is always called a little tighter, you know, around the country, that kind of thing. And then they get the NCAA tournament, and you don't ever hear about the refs, you know, uh, unless you're playing a team that's like really physical, right? But uh, the, the, they call the tournament a lot different than they do the regular season, and it's just that's why the tournament's a great product that we all watch and love, uh, and that's why the regular season in college basketball, man, I, you know, I don't even care about Duke and North Carolina, you know, or. Any of those games. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm just like, oh, well, I'll turn on the Gamecocks. So, um, but that's about it. So we'll see sort of what happens there. Thomas mentions, he asked me if I was in Dallas with Stetson Bennett. That's <laughs> like, that's, yeah, there's no exciting reason whatsoever that we did not come on other than, you know, the little circle didn't finish its job. <laughs> And we just rolled with it. Shit, we've ready to go. <laughs> Meredith Chob said, today's waiting room was brought to you by Meredith Taylor. That's right. Yes, that's right. Shoot, man. Goodness gracious. Um, all right. We are going to hit a uh, final break of the first hour. Uh, Keith's coming up, top of the second hour. So uh, you, didn't, you didn't get to hear me yammer on for a while. You get to go kind of get Keith sooner, I guess, or, or not have to. Listen to us for an hour before Keith comes on, but he's at the top of the hour right here as the, the as an abbreviated Monday show rolls on inside the Gamecocks the show. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. 
Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, for real, this time. Brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consultation about a potential backyard retreat for your home. And the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Cobalt Banker Kane Realty Team in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. She'd be happy to handle all your upstate residential real estate needs. God, that was fun. Right, I so muted my back. mic to cough during all of that. Nobody would have heard it. I mean, I mean. <laughs> wow. Going through all the motions. I like, did it Man. all. And oh, it was the dear. chat box that ultimately tipped us off. It was like. <laughs> yeah, because it, it was like 1137, and I'm looking at people like, maybe there's no show today. And, and I'm, I'm like, like, what? Is that? I mean, and then like the, the third person said, I was like, maybe we should check. See what's going on. But uh, anyway, Lance Player says it's a party, and it always is. Super Bowl 57. Uh, I mentioned this before we got on, so I'm going to mention yeah. it again. Is set. We're all set. Mm-hmm. I think all the Gamecocks are out. Um, I think. Because uh, you had – so Melvin Ingram's not with the Chiefs anymore. So you have uh, – no, is Rashad Fenton still with the Chiefs? Well, I, think. I, don't I didn't didn't hear his name last night. Is he hurt, maybe? Neither. Yeah, we'll see kind of what's going on with Fenton. I, th- I thought maybe he's not with the Chiefs anymore. Anyway, nah, right, he went to the Falcons. Remember? Uh, yep. He, he yep, didn't yep, get the yep. Falcons. Ah, I should have mm-hmm. kept up with that better. Um, and, yeah, so Hayden Hurst is out, uh, and then Ken Law and Debo are out. And boy, the Eagles look really, really good. Um, the line <laughs> uh, opening – to the today uh, last night at 10:03 p.m. it was a pick'em, and then it's gone Chiefs plus one. Now it's Chiefs minus two, minus two and a half. The over/under has been very volatile. It changed like 
40 through the first 42 minutes on the board it changed probably like 20 times according to this email i got from my man at uh, oddspro.com so uh that'll be funny <laughs> to watch mm-hmm. to see how that goes up and down but certainly uh hoping it's a good super bowl and hoping all you guys uh from down there uh from up in philly i know a lot of people that are philly eagles fans uh i hope you guys uh cherish the moment man that would be the second super bowl win for the eagles and how many years because they won it a few years back so what was it that's 17, the deal there 18 somewhere in there 17 18 something like that so that would be a uh Philadelphia Eagles. There's no Gamecocks on the Eagles, Jim says. And uh, is Deuce Staley still coaching there now? He is, isn't he? I don't know. Deuce Staley, I think, still coaching there. So, uh, no, he's with the Lions. I was wrong. We got Lions. We're batting a thousand today. This is awful. This is terrible. So, um, <laughs> Jim, Jim adds, my kids have no concept of what it really means to be a Philly sports fan. Um, Lions got shipped. Lamont's got shipped off from the Chiefs. Any Gamecocks still left? No. Yeah, Deuce is in Detroit. My bad. I, just, I need to prepare better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so a Gamecockless Super Bowl. Uh, I hated it for the 49ers last night. But, man, I mean, it, you know, for the last two years, we've been really treated to some epic – NFL playoff games, right? Yeah. Uh, last season's playoffs, start to finish, going to the Super Bowl, they're fantastic. Must-see TV, thrilling finishes. Uh, really have enjoyed them, but the Eagles are just kicking everybody's teeth in right now. I mean, they're they're not, you know, they, they thump the Giants, uh, and then they thump the 49ers last night, too. So, yeah. uh, that's uh, that's interesting. So, um, so that was uh, that was that was tough. Uh, Brock Purdy got hurt, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, anyway, Super Bowl is set, and uh, we'll talk about that, you know, moving forward because it's something we talk about. Keith Allsup coming up at the top of the hour. Don't forget, Jamie Bradford joins the show on Wednesday uh, because I mentioned that when we were just talking to ourselves. <laughs> uh, and also, baseball. Will Sanders named a first team All American by. Uh, preseason by Baseball America, which I think is, um, you know, but they do a really good job. It's an honor to get uh, selected. Um, and he was perfect games preseason All-American second team early, uh, earlier, second team for Baseball America as well. And I've, hear, I've heard all kinds of good things uh, from Whittle and everybody else about the gas Will Sanders has been throwing in the preseason. They're really excited about him and the rest of this pitching staff, uh, which is going to be pretty deep this year uh and i keep mentioning the ray tanner style uh schedule that they've got and uh i think that's smart you know mark keese has never won 40 games here so that's a that's a benchmark that if you hit and you play in the sec you're getting in the tournament probably hosting so um i think maybe lightening the non-conference schedule phil was uh, and we we talked about this earlier when you yeah, we did, yeah. there, but, uh, but you know so, so that's the deal there um, Charles says Rashad Fenton still with the Chiefs. He, he, I think he got traded to the Falcons, actually. Um, 76 mentions the Bears got the first pick. Let's see what they went, end up doing. I There's legit talk, and it may be, you know, because for the draft, you're always going to be, like, posturing and things like that. Um, but there's, there's talk out there. They may trade fields and uh, draft Bryce Young. 
So I don't know. I don't yeah, know if I'd agree with that or not. Yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't Fields know. is the issue, right? I mean, yeah, the, from what I've saw. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think the Bears have any a lot of offensive talent. I think they had two pretty good running backs in Montgomery and the kid then the kid from Virginia Tech that ran really mm-hmm. hard until he got hurt. And then bad offensive line, average mediocre receivers. They brought Claypool in. He wasn't that much better. But look, Justin Fields does miss some passes. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and No you know uh, I think they need the the the, the Jalen Hurts plan for him. <laughs> Whatever the Eagles are doing and and, and, and Jalen Probably didn't have the arm talent Justin does, but Jalen is a little more accurate. So we'll see sort of what happens uh, with all that. Uh, Quantrell says, I'm rocking with Jalen Hurts. What a story he's become, the ultimate leader. Plus, it's a blueprint for the Bears built around fields. Exactly, Quantrell. Yep. Mm-hmm. I actually was talking about that before I read your your chat box entry here. And uh, that's true. That, that, that's kind of what the Bears, I think, need to do. Um, and, uh, hey, maybe it'll work out. Uh, I, I think that. That number one pick's valuable because you do have quarterback-starved teams right there in the top five, and you can trade down and, and probably get uh, a, a, a good deal. Um, <laughs> Haynes said the Bears should just continue to make bad decisions, just draft a, draft a kicker, face purple crying. <laughs> <laughs> they do, man. We're sitting there watching the end of the draft last year, and the Bears had gotten like four picks in the last two rounds. We're kind of I'm like, oh, let's see what low-hanging fruit they can get. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there watching it. Um, Nat had volunteered at, at, at the the Wolf Ranch, which is a wildlife uh, park here near where we live. And so we, we were hanging out with those guys from the, the ranch and walk, watching the last part of the draft, getting something to eat or whatever. And um, all of a sudden it goes like tight end, holder, long snapper, <laughs> kicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excited excite us please it's not exciting uh joey i did talk about uh nick harbour um who knows you know i i think the staff's pretty confident but you know like i was told the other day who really knows where he's gonna go um i think as far as the relationships with other recruits uh, I think Carolina would win out there. I think that they've done everything they can to sell him on the opportunity at Carolina. I think he's comfortable at Carolina. Um, and that doesn't mean that he won't be more comfortable somewhere else because it all comes down to comfort level. Uh, certainly Oregon, very impressive uh, track. Uh, the, the, the draw to staying at home and going to Maryland uh, is the track coach at Maryland. He, he's probably one of those guys that's got to, or he is one of those guys that's got a big rep, and, you know, they're, they're pushing that angle, uh, obviously. And um, Michigan, I don't know. You, know. you know, right now, as we sit here on a Monday before the decision on Wednesday, uh, you almost don't hear a lot of Michigan talk. And I, I don't know that they're maybe as confident as what they once were. Um, but in situations like this, when you're sitting here on a Monday and the longtime perceived favorite, and remember, Michigan was the perceived favorite long before the Gamecocks were. That's when those teams get dangerous because the stronger, longer theory it comes into play. Uh, you've got... Uh, you kind of got a case of you don't know if you're one of the four, like who to aim your guns at, so to speak, uh, mm. theoretically, uh, <laughs> symbolically. 
and so um, teams kind of sometimes end up like beating each other up, and then the team that was there all along swoops in and gets it. You know, that's kind of what happens. Uh, I think South Carolina is in good position, uh, but we'll have to see. Uh, Jim says, I'm not super excited for him. I feel like track's going to be his priority. Can't imagine balancing football and track at this level. Well, the, the good news is track is in the spring, I think. Maybe they have an indoor season in the fall. But, you know, hey, look, he's one of those guys, like, in football, if you use him the right way uh, and, 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 and have him do things that he's good at, uh, I think it could work. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, it's just one of those uh, one of those things. So, Quantrell uh, says, why hasn't anyone crystal balled Harbor anywhere if all these fan bases have perceived confidence? Well, I don't know. Legitimately being played close to the vest on this one. It's like not getting exactly. anything out of him. Right. So, all right. So, we'll get a break and Keith yep. all set. Coming in to tell it like it is on the other side right here on the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Walk, walk, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell, Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about potentially enclosing a patio or porch at your house. And we're joined now by the host of Locked on the Gamecocks, Keith Alsep. Keith, good to see you. You look nice and toasty. Nice hat. <laughs> well... Well, as my dad would say, uh, it's colder than the well digger's ass here. Uh, we're under 
winter storm warnings and watch for the next uh, 48 hours. And so I thought it'd be nice to break out a little swag, uh, keep the dome warm, so to speak. And so I just got to throw this out off the top, guys. So there's this other podcast that is a podcast network called the Locked On Podcast Network. We talked about them the other day. Yeah, we mentioned them <laughs> Friday. Right, so, yeah. so they, 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 uh, when we started the podcast, they did not have a market in college sports. Okay. So now there is a podcast called Locked On Gamecocks, not Locked On the Gamecocks, Locked On Gamecocks. <clears throat> and I don't know the poor little guy's name that runs it, but I'm seriously considering litigation because of the fake news this guy is promoting about Jaden Rashada and the Gamecocks. I mean, I don't know what hat he pulled that out of. I mean, maybe there's this huge convoy that's at the southern border that's making its way to California and by National Signing Day is going to deliver Jaden Rashada to the Gamecocks. But um, it's really... And I hate to use the expression fake news, but it's really fake news and it's clickbait and it's propaganda to promote uh, this guy's show. And there's just absolutely zero validity to it. And so in the next month or so, I'm working on some different things, including uh, live streaming my Wednesday show right after your show. Um, we're going to call it uh, Gamecock Pod Live, and I, I think it may be time to do some rebranding to distance myself from this jackal who uh, is, you know, Basically, the George Santos of Gamecock podcasting. George Santos, man. George Santos. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we talked about it the other day. I, I kind of shut the door on. I mean, the Rashada thing would make no sense at all. So, uh, I don't know. You know, well, yeah, that's. Uh, we, we went through all that, and I, I was kind of it, surprised. It's fake that, news, JC. Fake there's, no, there's nothing, news. nothing to it. Fake news. <laughs> nothing to it at all. So, all right. So, uh, earlier today, I, I went off on officiating in college basketball. And I know you officiate uh, baseball and football and coach basketball, obviously, so you know the game. Uh, I I don't know. I think it, it was bad for the game got Saturday night, but it's, it's bad everywhere. I mean, I had a, a Tennessee friend of mine just railing on the officiating in that one. And, heck, they beat Texas by a couple, you know, double digits, uh, top ten Texas teams. So, uh, what can they do to, to make the, the sport in the regular season a little more enjoyable? Because, I, 
I think sometimes with the way these conference games are called, Keith, I, I sort of lose interest. I, I don't know. I mean, am I off, way off base, or or what's the deal? All right, so uh, from uh, the listeners out there, college basketball is not like college football. Like the SEC, they have their supervisor of officials. They Each conference trains their own officials. Uh, maybe they also do like uh, Sun Belt or Conference USA games. Sometimes some of the uh, – they're not auxiliary guys, but they're not guys that are always a part of an SEC crew, but they are part of the SEC officiating pool. And so in college basketball, the assignments are made on the – basically – they're prioritized by the top games, the top teams, the geography, etc. And so there are points of emphasis every year that they try to institute. But what you have is from crew to crew, some crews are going to call 25 fouls in, in the first eight minutes of the game. Some crews are going to call five fouls. And it's very difficult. And so I'm watching South Carolina and Georgia, right? Because the Gamecocks had a 12-game win streak. And they were playing really well. They had a 10, 12-point lead with eight minutes to go. They had maintained a double-digit D uh, lead most of the second half. And then all of a sudden, I mean, they just weren't letting them play. I mean, honestly, there were several no calls in the South Carolina-Georgia game that were way more egregious than the 15-yard penalty that was called on Cincinnati on the guy bumping Pat Mahomes going out of bounds. Okay, like, I mean, not to change the subject, but to me (laughs) – that one, if I'm the white hat, that one's got to be pretty doggone flagrant for me to let that call stand because of the magnitude of that call. Because that call, yeah, by the letter of the law, you could have made it. What made it worse was the guy turned his ankle and then fell on the homes, which was totally accidental. There was no intent on that. Mm-hmm. Um to me, based off the stakes on that, it would have had to have been more egregious for that call. Like, we have an expression is we're big game hunters when we're out on the field, okay? I don't care if there's a squirrel or a rabbit or some quail that fly in front of me. I'm not taking a shot at those, you know? It's got to be big game like a lion, a tiger, a polar bear, you know, whatever else. There's there's like seven animals. I think one is uh, a hippopotamus. One, uh, one is an uh, elephant. There's like this big, big game uh, list of like seven animals. If you hit all of them, you know, you've really, that's a lifelong accomplishment. But I mean... 
Honestly, if some of those files, guys would have probably been arrested on the street for that, and they were just letting it go. And I thought it really impacted the way South Carolina plays because they're not overly physical. Your best players, a, a kid that should be enjoying a senior year of high school. And you don't have very good guard play outside of streaky, streaky Michi Johnson. And when other teams are allowed to hand check and foul, you know, poor little guys like Jacoby Wright, who probably should be playing at, I don't know, the Citadel or Charleston Southern, it just impacts the game. You know, all of the top officials, they're, you know, kind of like at North Carolina, Duke, or Texas, you know, for instance, uh, Kansas, Kentucky, Texas, Tennessee, uh, all of those ranked games, that's where the top crews are. And in your South Carolina, Georgia, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I, I just, uh, it's just, it's tough. Because I, I was thinking too, you know, I love the NCAA tournament, March Madness, and I watch it every year. And it just seems like those games, and it's probably because the better officials do work the tournament, Keith. And it's, uh, it, it, I just find that a more enjoyable brand of basketball than, than maybe turning on, you know, Tuesday night in the SEC where, you know, Auburn's playing Mississippi State or something, or the Gamecocks are playing, you know, whoever. And uh, I don't know, I just don't enjoy it as much anymore. And, and you're right about the football call is spot on. Those guys – those guys just need to go back to pumping iron and lifting weights and making gains, you know, bro. <laughs> Those football refs, man, they just need to, they need to pump more iron, you know, and, and, and not, not be the decider of the game. Uh, and, and I thought it was a really, really I – mean, look, by the letter of the law, probably was a late hit. In that situation, I mean, that basically won the game for the Chiefs. And, and no – Knocked Joe Burrow out of the playoffs. Oh, just knocked him out. I mean, let's go back to earlier, okay? Cincinnati got to run, or, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs got to run over another minute off of the clock because they got third down back, like twice. They got to replay third down twice. Okay. Yeah, that, that was awful. I couldn't believe that when they did it. I mean, you know, I see, you know, then they showed up that one little picture, you know, about two plays later with the, you know, judge running in or whatever, waving it, and they couldn't hear the whistle. But, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous because the, the, the entire play was over. I mean, it, it nobody heard it. They played it full. They should have counted it. There Amen. were a lot of really good officials that were sitting at home watching that game, drinking a beer that were wincing <laughs> and like, damn, really? I would have liked that five or six grand for calling that game. I don't no think doubt. I would have effed that up as bad as that guy did. No way, dude. <laughs> not, not Keith. There's no way. Clint brings up a good point in the chat box. He says, what is it about five downs in the state of Missouri? What? Remember the fifth down, yes. Colorado, <laughs> Colorado, yeah. <laughs> that's hey, a, that's now that was... no longer unique just to Missouri, but also to the state of Tennessee, which is, by the way, one of, I think, Tennessee borders 16 different states. 
<laughs> Something like that, yeah. It's, yeah. it's either 13 or 16, which is really bizarre, but Tennessee is a really long state. Mm-hmm. And so they border a lot of states. And uh, in the Alabama-Mississippi game, or Alabama-Tennessee game, they had to stop and let the replay go through the downs to figure out what down it was, and they still didn't get a damn thing right. It was, it was just absolutely awful. I mean, you know, and with <laughs> with the highest of stakes last night too, it's just like, geez, we we should be able to account on more professionalism. And then no yeah. calls too there at the end of the game. I mean, that yeah, I just ah, whatever. I know you can't see them all, and sometimes you miss them, but it just it got aggravating. I hate to see a season end like that. Yeah, it, it sucks uh, with the stakes that high. I just uh, well, Nick Harbor, Keith. Uh, <clears throat> Hey, I think it's a positive to be worrying about the decision of a five-star on signing day. I think that, that speaks a lot to the program, just the fact that people are interested in it. And uh, and it's something that the Gamecock Nation will have their eyes on on Wednesday. What, what, what do you think about that forthcoming decision? To me, look, the, the class is a success any way you slice it. But this would be a big, beautiful cherry on top of the proverbial Sunday, I think. I mean, no doubt about it, JC, and to coin uh, one of your phrases, you know, if you look at Oregon as is, is a late comer, but they got the last visit, sometimes that's a plus. Generally, by the time a guy makes his last visit, though, he's already made up his mind, and, and you look at the stronger, longer angle, Shane Beamer was the first coach to offer him a scholarship when he was at Oklahoma. The University of South Carolina was the first college campus Nicholas Harbor ever visited. He's probably been there as much as any place. Uh, Maybe Maryland's close. He's in a group chat with uh, the Gamecock signees. And his girlfriend's already enrolled in his own track scholarship. You got Curtis Fry, who's coached multiple Olympians, and Olympians still come back to train with him and are assistant coaches when they are in Columbia training. You know, certainly the track piece is important. Uh, South Carolina sent five coaches to Lubbock, Texas, okay, which ain't easy to get to. No, maybe on a pro- maybe on a private plane. I don't know. I've never flown on a private plane to Lubbock, Texas. But that was the only staff that was there. They've got the perfect plan for him. But JC, having said all that, you just never know because this is big boy recruiting in the age of NIL, and anything can happen. But to me, for Shane Beamer. After year two of a program that he inherited that went four and eight and two and eight, and his first signing class was ranked in the 60s or 70s, just to have a legitimate seat at the table, right? Like South Carolina's at the table with the grown-ups. They're not at the kids' table off, you know, like when you have the big Christmas dinners and not everybody can sit all at one table, mm-hmm. so the kids, they kind of have their own table. The Gamecocks are not at the kiddie table here. They've got a seat front and center 
in this. And if it happens, I think it's great. Will we be disappointed if it doesn't happen? Of course we will be. But South Carolina has laid it all on the line. They've gone the distance, and they have a legitimate shot at landing the fastest man in the country over six feet tall. There's nobody, the only guy that's faster than him was that little dude at Spring Valley that's like 5'8", 150 pounds. Yeah. That's it. But, I mean, since I was on the show last week, a lot has transpired, right? Like, we knew about Cam Pringle. We we figured you were going to get Michael Smith, which the Gamecocks did on Tuesday. Uh, then, I guess Thursday, Elijah Caldwell went public with his commitment, a guy that when you turn on the film, JC, there's a lot to like about him. You wish, you know, just like with Kelton Henderson and some of these other guys, they were in for spring practice, but I mean, we kind of saw this one coming because of the connection with the North Sellers. And then on Friday, JC, I think you get maybe the most intriguing prospect for 24 that's committed in Wendell Gregory because he's a guy that's 6'4", 210 to 220 that legitimately could probably play Mike, Will, or Edge and be a stand-up buck and maybe be able to do more than one thing at the, at the same time, like be a Will linebacker on first and second down and slide over and either come off the edge or drop in coverage on third down and then saturday uh, there was another 24 welcome home uh that i think everybody out there probably has a good idea i know clint's probably got a great idea who it is because he follows recruiting just like we do and so you know nothing is stopping this train for shane beamer if nicholas harbour chooses Maryland or Oregon, I kind of think Michigan may be out, quite frankly, because Harbaugh is his own worst enemy. And after this year, I'm convinced the guy is definitely someplace on the spectrum. I mean, you just don't know. He's day to day. I mean, he's kind of like Victor Hampton. Victor Hampton was day to day, basically, his entire career at South Carolina. Jim Harbaugh's day to day at Michigan. I mean, he could be here today, gone. Tomorrow, so I think they're out. I mean, you look at Mike Loxley's career record at, or the record he has as a head coach and what he's done at Maryland. You know, Dan Landing, I think, is a legitimate threat. And then it's South Carolina. But, I mean, even if it's not South Carolina, J.C., nothing is, is stopping the Shane train right now. It's They've got a full uh, – engine of uh, steam and they're they're heading down the tracks yeah uh harbor or not i think that's the deal uh, definitely uh, i don't know that the momentum is going to be stalled uh encouraging reports for the gamecocks out of uh from our clemson site actually uh on blake franks and uh, josiah thompson i, I like jo- josiah is not a really big shock I don't know that Frank's at this point is a shock, but it's certainly a surprise because that's a kid from Greenville High School that, uh, 
I kind of had penciled in for for Clemson or Alabama, someplace like that. And the Gamecocks have just worked it and worked it, worked it. Lonnie Teasley's worked it, worked it, worked it. The other players, other recruits, worked it, worked it, worked it. Um, Especially Cam Pringle. My goodness, that guy just hit the ground running recruiting, didn't he, after he committed. So, you know, your thoughts on on the great wall of Carolina uh, for 2024, um, which will back up a pretty doggone good offensive line class for 2023. And that's what you got to do. You got to stack them on top of each other. JC, nobody hardly is talking about the 23 offensive line class, which on paper is probably the best offensive line class in South Carolina school history. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jatavia Shivers, yeah, he was committed to Vanderbilt. But, you know, when he decommitted, Michigan came in and they made a, a committable offer to this guy. He's 6'7", 295. He can bend. You look at the big tree. I mean, we talked about the big tree standing next to the starting offensive guard for the Los Angeles Rams. My goodness, that's like a redwood standing next to a pine tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then your big road graders inside with Travon Ball, who I think you could make a case as the most, you know, undervalued guy in the class and Marquis Anderson. I mean, that's a really a big time class, but JC, you're right. I, I read that uh, report from uh, Anna. I guess she's married now, so it's not Hickey. Uh, maybe it's hyphenated. I can't remember. But this was a guy that two months ago, Clemson thought was a lot. because, And I, I, I quite frankly thought he was a lot because I thought he was a tackle. Well, both Lonnie Teasley and Thomas Austin are recruiting him as a guard. And so you think about it and you look at it and, you know, we think about a certain wide receiver at Greenville High that could be in his ear. And then we, I think Lonnie Teasley's a secret weapon here, and I've said it on my show. I think I've said it here. But also, when you've got three highly rated guys from the state that can all come in and be a part, hypothetically, of the same offensive line, all playing different positions with Pringle and Thompson at tackle and Franks at guard, and a and yeah. a teammate and a teammate who may or may not be getting ready to announce for South Carolina, who's going to be in your ear. I I just think there's. I think South Carolina has a lot of momentum. Ultimately, what will happen, I, we don't know because again, JC with NIL things change. You know, in one phone call, things can change. But I do like where South Carolina stands, and I would consider South Carolina the leader uh, for Blake Franks. And contrary to what Anna said, I do think Josiah Thompson is is just being thorough and uh, deliberative with his decision. But it will be a major shock for that kid to end up any place other than the University of South Carolina. 
Yeah, and there, there's some debate among the evaluators and among the coaching staff, like they can't make up their mind which one's better, I think, between Pringle and Thompson. I think that's a good sign. I think it's a really good sign. If you're debating about that, I think it's a really good sign. It um, is. And, JC, yeah. I know, you know, it came down to Georgia and South Carolina on Pringle, but at one point we were kind of concerned about Ohio State. I mean, this kid is a legitimate yeah. big-time recruit. This is just not a guy that you beat Clemson for who had non-committable offers from Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and everybody else. This is currently the number one offensive tackle in the country by 24-7, the composite by own three, et cetera. And there's debate that Josiah Thompson may be better than him. Yeah. Crazy, right? <laughs> uh, Josiah, you know, is is not as uh, Josiah's not three hundred thirty eight pounds, but he's how you draw him up. I mean, you know, lean, long armed, uh, kind of a Charles guy. Cross looking guy. Yes, coming that's out of exactly. high school. Yeah, that's a that's a good comparison there. Absolutely. And then Pringle to me is just like one of those big old guys that I mean, you mentioned Ohio State gets, Alabama gets, you know, constantly. Georgia will get guys like the kid from New York that Georgia got uh, that started was a lot like this guy that uh, Mangus was recruiting early. But, uh, you know, then the transition happened or whatever. But I think that kid ran 4-8 at Carolina's camp. (laughs) Um, And his name escapes me, but he he was a big uh, big old guy for Georgia. Uh, for a while, but yeah, that's the type of guy the, these powerhouse programs get, and, and the, the, the Thompson and Pringle are the types of guys that these big time programs have at tackle. Uh, and, you know, they're not trying to slide a, a guy that's going to be a guard in the NFL out there and things like that. So that'll be, uh, and yeah, you just kind of stack them and stack them and stack them, and uh, you know, away you go. I, I think they've uh, Lonnie Teasley, Greg Atkins, all those guys deserve a lot of credit for the way that this offensive line room is transforming. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, I was probably a doubter that, that they could, that, that South Carolina could ever get linemen on the offensive side in like this. I've always kind of downplayed it because you always, in this state, most of your big time athletes that are big play defense, defensive line, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, uh, I think the Gamecocks have a, you know, they're blessed with the talent in state and also, you know, going and getting guys like Big Tree Babalade, which is very fun to say. Big Tree Babalade. It like is. That. And I think due to the success of Olawatosin Babalade and Desmond Yumia Zulu and Zabari Sandy, I think the Gamecocks are poised to potentially add. You know, de- depending on the service, there's, you know, a four or five star corner up there and a four or five star defensive end up there. And there's another mammoth offensive lineman at Charles Herbert Flower School where Yumi yeah. Azulu played named Mike Williams. I think South Carolina, it, as long as Torian Gray and Shane Beamer are at South Carolina and Lonnie Teasley because of his ties up there. I just think South Carolina, they have made themselves a major player for years to come up there. Let me go back to my childhood, to Charlie Pell in 1978, J.C. Mm -hmm. 
I remember him saying on his coach's show, God is good to teams with big offensive tackles. <laughs> and uh, Big Tree Babalade, Cam Pringle, Jatavia Shivers, perhaps Josiah Thompson, and others that are already there. I think it could make for, you know, great protection for the quarterbacks to come at South Carolina, whether it's Tanner Bailey, Lenore Sellers, Dante Reno, Anthony Wright's son, who's a 2025 guy that is the spitting image of his dad. I mean, you know, to quote uh, Heisenberg from Breaking Bad, nothing stops this train. Nothing stops this train. Wow. All right. That'll do it, Keith. Uh, Case and Henry also. We forget about that 2022 class of three-man offensive. They think he's a pro, I mean, and a tackle. So, um, in fact, they traveled him to some games this year, and uh, he was really close to playing. So, he's going to be – Case and Henry, watch out for him too. Don't be surprised if that guy's – And Brubaker inside. I mean, that guy's a competitive swimmer. He's big. He's got NFL bloodlines. I just think it's a matter of strength and, and player development. Another also, JC, I, I would break news, but since it has not been announced yet, I'm not going to break it. Uh, but uh, the Gamecocks are losing a very valuable member uh, inside, the, inside the building to uh, – another program probably be announced soon this week. Uh, Not a coach, not a strength coach, not even an analyst, but somebody that really just had tremendous value to the organization. Yeah, pretty uh, disappointing Uh, or not disappointing, but certainly very disappointing. Big loss. Yeah. Should 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 have uh, done done what it took, but th- that's just mine and your opinion. So, absolutely. All right. Well, nice long segment there, Keith. Uh, Phil and I were sitting here talking to ourselves for the first thirty minutes of the show today because the, the button malfunctioned. So, <laughs> so uh, nice to have the pitfalls you on. of live streaming, Keith. Get ready. Hey man, look. I, I, <laughs> had two podcasts just that were like an hour and a half long that were just disappeared i mean the audio file just disappeared it's like they went down the the rabbit hole in in the matrix no doubt yeah all right, well, great segment, and we'll be back next week uh, post signing day, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about. Uh, instead of, uh, you know, how to, you know, how, more like how to use Harbor in the offense instead of where is he going. So that, yeah. that, 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 that'll that be a conversation. I'll That'd be a too. great conversation, JC. I hope we get to have it. All right. Thanks, Keith. Yep. You guys have a Game, great week. Thanks, Keith. At Gamecock Pod. 
follow Keith on Twitter, uh, Locked on the Gamecocks podcast for now. I guess he's looking into some rebranding uh, and all that good stuff. All right, we got to get a break. Uh, we'll be back and hit another break, uh, and uh, we'll go from there right here on Inside the Gamecocks Show. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show you can't handle the truth gamecock nation do you need a place to stay for the big game many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions but at fan plans you support inside the gamecocks still earn your hotel loyalty points and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel whether you are visiting columbia to cheer on carolina or hitting the road to follow the team get in the stands with fan plans Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The Phil's Fail episode. And we are brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662. They'll be happy to talk to you at no cost about sprucing things up around the house or allowing some sunshine to get in where it normally wouldn't. You know, JC, we were having all that O-line conversation. We have an O-lineman that is coming in for this year, a transfer, who we received uh, an iHelp Consulting mailbag note about. That's right. Belmont. This is, uh, this is some, some big energy here. Uh, yeah, has, has <laughs> so brought, us, uh, brought uh, something to our attention. <laughs> yeah, it's like a separated at birth kind of thing, um, which is was kind of funny. Uh, and, and look, uh, I think this kid's going to probably start at center for the Gamecocks this year. Right. Uh, really good player. Nick Gargulio. 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 Nick Gargulio. Yeah, my bad. Gargiulo, Nick Gargiulo, uh, and uh, VJ sends it in, and uh, so there, there we go. go. There, there's Nick Gargiulo, and uh, and then but, the next uh, guy. Uh, here we go. The next one. Ah, oh, uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Ron, old school Ron Jeremy. What gets me is the eye color is almost exact. <laughs> well, it is. He looks like a young Ron Jeremy. Uh, we didn't know Nick's I, coming down here to fix the cable, man. It's gonna be- <laughs> coming down to fix the cable. <laughs> Look, man. Uh, I uh, this is a family program. Carolina Empire says I know, but uh, Nat and I flew like I flew into Midway 
to come in for a wedding or something uh, the summer we started dating, and I swear to God, Ron Jeremy was in the terminal and smelled love like ugh, awful. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, he's old now. You know, he's an older guy, and he just—I swear to God, it was him. But uh, we have some legal know, trouble and, here recently too. Yeah, yeah there's some, some things. I, you know, I don't. I kind of have an opinion on his legal trouble that I will not share right now because I don't want to go off that uh, off the deep end on that. But uh, you know, let's just say that if your job's to cook hamburgers at McDonald's uh, and you're flipping burgers, and then suddenly that's illegal, I don't, I don't know how anybody can come back and prosecute you for uh, you know flipping burgers. How about that? Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah, I said, so the rumor is that uh, Christy Coggin, and I've not confirmed this, uh, is going to go to Nebraska. That would be a big loss. Um, I know the, like I said, I haven't confirmed it. Uh, I do what think. What is her role that, in the in the uh, new, She's the nutritionist. Uh, and so one thing you do notice, and Matt Rule, I think, kind of uh, teased it by saying, um, uh, can you smell what Coach Sat is cooking? <laughs> so I guess Satterville did it. But, uh, you know, so Coggin came in from uh, Alabama. Uh, was on Alabama staff. She came in in May of 2017 under the Muschamp. During the Muschamp era, you know, while they're building the new building and stuff. And she is, uh, she's first class. You know, she knows um, uh, every recruit that comes in, they're overly impressed by the nutrition program at Carolina. And, and the players certainly love it. And you see, you see Justin King making videos about it and everything else. So, um, would be a, would be a pretty, pretty tough loss, uh, you know, but uh, I'll say this. You know, I, I, with, with knowing what Keith said and knowing what was posted on the board today, I have I, I want to make it clear I I don't know that this is one where Carolina wasn't going to pay her or or what. You know, I, so I, I don't want to sit there and say, well, they should have done what it takes because I don't know that yet. I mean, obviously, that's what Keith thinks, and uh, you know, I, I, it's it, it could be that way, but I, I don't want to I don't want to start this. Uh, oh, they need to pay. You know, they should have paid what they. You know, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, for right now, uh, Nebraska is a big time program. They've got money. Uh, it's a historically uh, powerful program. Um, and, you know, uh, according to her bio, she's a Tennessee grad, was on the rowing team at Tennessee and uh, had an internship at Cal Poly. So California and then at Alabama. And, and so maybe she's just one that, you know, sometimes in your career, you you want to get out, maybe live in a different place or something like that. But uh, she's um, she's really good. She did a great job at South Carolina. Uh, if if that is, uh, if she is someone that, that that ends up going to Nebraska, as it looked like Matt Rule was alluding to uh, on Twitter with some sausage and rice, Uncle Ben's, <laughs> like Uncle Ben's, Jeez. sausage yep. sausage and rice package, you know. Um, can I, but, you know, uh, didn't look that appealing to me. <laughs> nah, nah, me neither. But, uh, yeah, no. and, and look, I, I think the idea is if you do lose her, I think what you do is um, you just keep it going. I mean, there, there's no reason why one person determines whether or not you have a great nutrition program. 
You know, there's nutritionists out there. Probably some on staff that you can just promote right away. I mean, but but I do think it's important because um, that's one of those things that we don't really talk about a whole lot. That's very, 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 very popular with the kids. Kids love to eat, right? We yeah. have a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old here. My gosh, the grocery bill. <laughs> first time I went shopping with Nat. Nat's like about five feet tall, right? And so the first time she went shopping with the boy, she's like pushing her cart. And she literally, the groceries were up above her head. Like she had all this salmon and beef and ribs and pe- poking out the dang and she's pushing it like, you know, and that was, that was four years ago. Now they've, they're getting even bigger and older and more food and golly went through the, you know, the, the, the Asian food market, right? You get two big 20 pound bags of rice and it's gone in a month. It's gone. It's just gone. It's gone. I can't. I mean, I mean, I've got a seven-year-old and a fourteen-year-old here, and they they eat us out of house and home. So I know I understand the struggle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, the struggle's real. So, point is, young people like to eat, and uh, teaching them to eat the right way obviously helps impact your performance. You know, you get in good shape. Body is, you know, fuel, you know, that kind of thing. I wish I didn't put so much Portillo's in my body, but that actually either that or Mickey's Euros is where I'm going to get lunch today. I've I've already determined this. Mickey's Euros is down by the post office. I got to go mail uh, t-shirts and stuff. So I'm going to swing by the post office, give me some Mickey's Euros, come back, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Euro would be delicious. Mm. uh, Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Pretty good Euro. Um, I actually got addicted to Euros when I worked for Sammy at Sammy's Deli in Columbia when I was in school. Uh, and he was funny because he he was from Libya, and I told this story. He wanted to hide it, right? Hmm. And, but because, yeah, I mean, he came over here in the 80s. Being Libyan was probably not cool, right? Right, yeah. Pan Am 103. Yeah, that's right. right. You know, yeah, that kind probably of, came Libyan, with a bit probably, of some stigma there, yeah. So, so, so <laughs> he t- told everybody he's Greek, but here was the giveaway. You'd walk in and he'd be like, you want gyro? He called it a gyro. You want gyro, brother? One of my dear friends, by the way. Great man. God, I don't know how I'd have gotten through my my time at Carolina without Sammy, honestly. Um, Carolina Empire says, JC, you're going to grow that hair out until the Gamecocks lose a football game again? No. (laughs) It's just like this, and it's, it's been, you know, it's been cold. And I don't know. I'm weird. I don't like to go get a haircut or shave when it's this cold, right? And it's going to get even worse. Monday or Tuesday, the low is one. 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 One, You know, and you're like, wow, one. That's that's, that's tough. But uh, so, nah, I'm not going to let it grow. It looks like exceptionally crazy today because I had a beanie on all day yesterday. And I, I didn't really, you know, Put on my makeup and primp and dry my blow dry my hair before I got on here, right? <laughs> so uh, just kind of threw the hat on. I was like going with the visor today, and I'm like, oh God, look at your hair! And I was like, eh, we're already ten minutes late. And then you know I probably could have taken that thirty minutes me and Phil sat here and talked to ourselves to go fix my hair, right? Probably could have done that. Um. So anyway, yeah, but that was good insight from Keith on Nick Harbor, I think, and. Uh, basketball officiating, like, like I said, I mean that's 
that's one of those topics that's starting to eat at me a little bit. You know, the the the, the officiating in that sport. It really is bad. Um, I mean, it's just I don't know. And it doesn't just seem to be you know one league, right? I mean, it's across the board. Already, yeah, regular season. Out. Yeah, I mean, I. You know, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday, and he's like, "Better brand of basketball in the mid majors." I mean, he because he he's starting to. I think he's kind of given up on Carolina, right? But he he still loves the sport, and uh, he's a Duke fan too. And he's like, "I think I was more of a Coach K fan than a Duke fan. I don't even care about them anymore." And I was like, "Really?" So he's watching teams like UNC Charlotte and uh, taking his kid to the UNC Charlotte game and uh, uh, USC Upstate. The, the Golden Dome, the Spartans, mm-hmm. used to be the running rifles. Made the Golden Dome live in your heart forever. Go upstate. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, ain't no future in not eating. Old Ethiopian proverb. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no future in not eating. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Quantrust <laughs> uh, us of Case and Henry's a future pro, JC. Wow, that's a hell of a statement and fine. By Beamer and staff. Yeah, that well, that's – that's all right, so I have not seen him play, obviously, in college. So I am I am relaying what the feeling is inside the building on that one. Uh, yeah, I know it gets confusing sometimes because I'll, I'll throw out an evaluation in a heartbeat, right? But uh, that, that's that's coming from there. And I think that's even better information than, than J.C. Sherbert sitting there and saying, oh, he's a future pro. Um what he may not be, you know. But yeah, Case and Henry uh, of those three, uh, I felt number one going in, he was the most ready to go play. Uh, that ended up being right. Uh, of the three, he's the tackle. Uh, he helped somebody out to start this year, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me uh, if he did. And if there's an injury and he gets to go in, uh, you know, whoever's on the bench may not get that job back, right? Um, Quantrell says, didn't he go to Walton? If so, uh, I believe high major football in Georgia. Yeah, he's he's from Walton. Sir Wendell Gregory, who committed, is from Walton. G.A. Mangus is from Walton. Uh, I talked to G.A. I talked talk to old G.A. Mangus last night. He's good, doing well, doing well. Uh, good to catch up with him. But, uh, yeah, Walton, uh, D.J. Smith went to Walton. A lot of good players have gone to Walton through the years in Marietta, Georgia. All right, final break. We'll be back to take it home on a – uh, we'll call this Puzzle Piece Monday because the, the the show has been like a big puzzle today trying to put it together. Uh, back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. I've been expecting you, Mr. Powers. 
Sometime in the near future, there's a good chance I'll move back to my home area of the upstate of South Carolina. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody I would use to help me find a new home except Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane, located in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a diehard Gamecock. 864-414-5271. Give Cindy a call. 864-414-5271. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, Mo Cabo here from the Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call or shoot them an email at either 803-446-4662 or B at expresssunrooms.com. Mention you heard it here. If you decide to go with them with the project, they'll offer you $500 off of your project cost. 500 bones off of a backyard oasis. Man, man that'll buy you a couple, three dozen eggs. <laughs> For now? <laughs> I'm getting texts about this. Why would anyone want to go to Nebraska? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't control these. Don't, leave me alone. I'm kidding. <laughs> My friend will get mad at me. If, leave me alone. Nah, just uh, everybody's like, oh, why would, why would somebody leave and go to Nebraska? I don't know. Look. Maybe she's a Marcus Satterfield uh, stand. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, obviously, Rule was uh, insinuating Sat had a little bit to do with it. But, uh, you know. All right, so here, here's my answer on all this. I don't care. You know? <laughs> I, I, I don't care. I don't care. I, I think she's really good at her job. Uh, I think different people make moves in this business for different reasons at different times. Uh, maybe she wants a challenge. Maybe she feels like uh, Nebraska would be a great opportunity uh, for her to, to revamp the way they're eating. Because obviously something's not right out there. You know, obviously you hear the term corn fed and they don't go out there and play like a bunch of corn fed guys. They're, 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 they're kind of weak and soft, actually, Nebraska football has become soft. So maybe that's the thing, you know, she, she's an opportunity to kind of rebuild and help rebuild an iconic brand. I don't know. I don't care. Here's the idea. From a South Carolina standpoint, look, she's been here six years. She's done a hell of a job, right, with her part of it. But like Craiger said, you can find a nutritionist, you know. The idea is is inside the building, I think, for Shane Beamer and whoever else, uh, you know, is in charge of implementing this stuff is to keep the the first-class meal – nutrition program going because it is it, it's you know you think about some of the some things that get lost when you talk about this football program uh they've kind of been in place for a while um 
look, you got uh, you, you got the nutrition part of it that, that is better than just about everywhere else. Uh, trust me, I know some people at other schools, uh, and literally it's it's a fight to get their players fed every day, right? South Carolina goes above and beyond, right? And, 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 te- and also teaching them to cook and all that good stuff, man. So that's, that's number one. And then the academic part of it with the Doty. Um, and now the Doty shut down for a little while, by the way. They, there's a pipe that burst. <laughs> little reported that in the VIP room last week. But, um, you know, the Doty, I mean, think about South Carolina and where they rank academically in the SEC as far as graduation rates and stuff. I mean, they're always, I guess for the last four or five years, they've been second behind Vanderbilt. You know, and that building and the infrastructure that they've uh, put in place uh, to, to help the players succeed academically is second to none. Uh, and these are all parts of the thing. Carolina was kind of behind early part of the 2000s. So, uh, you know, th- I think those are two things that we don't talk about a whole lot. But, uh, you know, and uh, Saunders says, where we are is a far cry from football players taking all 12 personal pan pizzas from Russell House and leaving the rest of us starving. I'm not salty. <laughs> All 12 of them. <laughs> you stock that up, and it's like, yeah. I, mean, I bet those boys get a big old bag of Chick-fil-A, too. My goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, but they, you know, so so, so I don't care. You know, I mean, people, people take jobs for different reasons. It's not always about, oh, you know, you know, all that good stuff. Maybe, maybe. If you're somewhere as a nutritionist for six years and you build the best nutrition program, arguably, in the country, because, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody compares the two or anything. I, From what I hear, South Carolina is kind of the envy of a lot of a lot of places when it comes to nutrition. I mean, Alabama's really good at it, obviously. Your Georgias of the world are good at it. But South Carolina's second to none. Um, you know, you go and you build that. You know, sometimes you want another challenge, right? That's fine. You know, coaches do the same thing. I need a new challenge. But uh, with the way coaching jobs are, you're making so much money, man. <laughs> it's hard to walk away from that name. Yeah. Uh, maybe be $17 million. And I said, well, what door do you want me to walk out of? And how soon do you want me to leave? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, Apparently you really got to think long and hard about that. <laughs> Apparently it's Shamir Jeffrey that uh Shamir Jeffrey, I saw that, Sonder. Dude. No wonder he wasn't all that fast, right? Shamir. All that pizza. Yeah, slow you down a little bit. Dude, man, come on out. Shamir. Mountain Dew and Cheetos dusted with Osterine for breakfast. Hire me. People started calling Dabo Joel Osterina. Joel Osterina, yes, that is hilarious. Yes, that was funny. By the way, those of you that are Clemson fans that tuned in, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to apologize because it's all in good fun, right? But you guys know you've listened to me long enough. I don't, I don't really ever go after Clemson. You know, like make, for lack of a term, make fun of them. But I did Friday, and it felt. You know, it felt pretty good, I guess. <laughs> I, 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 just wanted, I, I, I felt weird about it, though, because it's kind of out of character for me. Because my thing is, like, look, whatever I say about Clemson, it doesn't matter. No. Right. If it's, if it's like, the, the best take in the world about them, it doesn't matter because I said it, right? Uh, if it's the most ridiculous, ludicrous thing in the world, it doesn't matter. I said it. 
So I always just try to be like nice. Oh yeah, good win, good job, and then move on. I just never talk about them, you know. <laughs> but 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 Brandon on Saturday on, on Friday really got uh, got us fired up. Did a few kind of went off the rail <laughs> went off the rails a little bit, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Saunders says, I wonder if Todd Mockett has interest in Baltimore or Tampa offensive coordinator jobs. Um, you know, why not Marcus Satterfield for those jobs? Just, just kidding. <laughs> Todd Mockett is, is in a zone, though, uh, a college right now, so I don't know. I mean, would he go back to the NFL? I mean, Buster, Buster Faulkner – just is kind of his was kind of his right hand guy that actually helped coach Stetson Bennett. He's now at Georgia Tech as their OC, so there's not that uh, line of succession. But I mean, even if Mock had left, Kirby's gonna get a good one. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, well, heck, they could just promote Mike Bobo back up, right? Boy, that was, Mike Bobo's could you right imagine? There. Yeah, could you imagine? Bobo's that? right there. Then the band would be back together officially. Yeah, he I mean, really Bobo's would. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you'd have Bobo, Kirby, and Muschamp all sitting there. Jeez. The, the three amigos, right? <laughs> leading, leading their dogs to bed. And I'm great to see those guys. Larry <laughs> Muss is probably like, oh, we got, we got Kirby, we got Muschamp, we got Bobo. We got the dogs. All dogs are back together again. Dogs. Put the pack back together. He and Vince Dooley up there talking about the championships. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right, that's all the time we have for today on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Again, apologies for uh, the, the lateness. and We were only going to be a little bit late, and then turns out 30 minutes mm-hmm. is missing. But that's okay. That's uh, we'll my be back fault. Tomorrow. I did that. <laughs> the Mental Edge with Sawyer Next is coming, and then it'll be signing day, and Jamie will join the show, and lots of new stuff to, to listen to, and, um, you know, a, a new show. A new version of the show. New, new, the show two point, the show two point Coach O in the summer. All right, you guys be good. Have a great day.